It's time for Larry No Spot. My guests tonight Hawkeye John Blue and the Mad Dog Micah Sherman. I'm your host, Larry. Six we had from the Toronto Raptors tying things up at 3-3 with the Boston Celtics with Game 7 tonight at 9 p.m. This is, uh, I would say, the most anticipated game so far in these playoffs after a great double overtime game in Game 6. Um... Yeah, I think this one's a toss-up. Who you? Yeah, did first of all, did you guys watch Game Six? I sure did. Oh yeah. Oh man, it was uh, wow, wowie, wowie, wow! Double overtime. I thought about texting you guys, but then I was like, yeah, John's probably not watching it, so <laughs> John's probably asleep. <laughs> I was, I was, I was, I was following it up until the end of regulation, and then I was like, overtime, gotta go to bed. Sorry. <laughs> how could how could one do that? I don't I don't understand. <laughs> Sorry guys. It's it's married life. Yeah. I hear that. Yep. <laughs> I uh I hear that. <laughs> um I hear so it. That was a wild game and boy, um Kyle Lowry is really proving that he is just one of the uh, he just won't lose. Yeah. He just won't lose, and um, which is why Toronto is my pick for tonight. I think that they're going to come out. I think that they're going to come out of the. Um, I think they're going to come out of the East. I think they're going to. I think they're going to play in the uh, finals. I think. I think that they'll beat Miami. And boy, I don't want to get ahead of myself. But we'll talk about Miami soon. But yeah. <laughs> oh, man, man, and damage of the bucks uh isn't it amazing that um like two years ago i mean kyle lowry was known as someone who was terrible in the playoffs a choker all-time uh, choker and even and then he had some good games in the run last year when they won the championship but even after that you might have thought i mean that was Kawhi. Kawhi was the superstar Kawhi was carrying everything but he's got that stink no more he is no longer a playoff choker because, man, he killed it throughout these playoffs and in game six. Uh, other you got great contributions from Norman Powell. Uh, Fred Van Fleet came in late. The one person that did not contribute, <laughs> Pascal Siakam. Yeah, and I, I, think, I think Boston's better. I, mm. I, think they, I think they just, I think they are. I think Toronto's grittier. And I love that they've been able to pull it out. But you look at the, you know, point totals and all this stuff. Well, Boston's blown them out twice, right? Like, 
And anything can happen in a game seven. Someone can get in foul trouble. Someone can get injured. Someone can get hot. All this stuff. I think Toronto would will be lucky if they win this. Um, I think I think they might. I and I hope they do. I really do. But man, I think I think Boston's just just better. Not enough better to run them out of the building, but I think they're better. You know, I agree with you, John. I do think that top to bottom, uh, Boston's a better team. Kemba Walker's out of this world. He is a stud. And um, Jason Tatum, a little streaky, but... um, Young. Yeah, Tice, solid gold. Not gold. Solid bronze. Solid solid bronze. Wait, what'd you say, John? He's a a monster. Oh, Jalen Brown. Yeah. Yeah, Jalen Brown's been great. Boy, uh, yeah, they just they they have a really solid like good team like that uh, Pistons team that won most recently, right? Yeah. Um, I just I, you know, and I'm a Boston fan. I used to live in Boston. I was there when they won the championship in 2008, and. Gotta be honest, I was rooting for the Raptors. I was rooting for the champions. Mm-hmm. Usually, you know, this is such a crazy time. 2020, and you're you're like an NBA champion, and you're like, oh man, I'm rooting for them over my hometown team. <laughs> wow. That's great. That is pandemic level crazy. It's like the Russian crowd learning yeah, like yeah, back right? by the end Rocky of the match. Four. Yeah, exactly. Cheering on Rocky. I, I just think the Raptors are so likable. Yeah, they really and are. And I mean, they, they're and not. I mean, I I get with Lowry, like maybe the charges and stuff like that. You can kind of be like, all right, is he flopping? Maybe I love that. <laughs> I love that. And he's and he's out there putting his body on the line. That's what I like. And all those guys are just gamers. He took a charge in the All Star game. That's gaming. <laughs> he's a gamer. He's a player. Players play, and he he. He games the system like Chris Paul does, and he he does a better job of it. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And if if Siakam shows up tonight, yeah, then it's Toronto, right? Because I have no doubt about Lowry and Van Vliet, and I'm sure like Ibaka, you know, Ibaka could be great. Oh Paul yeah, do what he can. Like I, if if Siakam shows up, they can win. They really can, and they might be able to win it without him. But man, I think it's. I, it's not over 50% for me. I think it's like 60, 40 Boston, even though I'd love to see Toronto do it. I'd love it. Yeah, I think I'm with you on both counts there, that I think I would favor Boston just slightly. Uh, but, you know, Toronto could steal it even with a bad performance by Siakam. But I'm definitely rooting for Toronto. And it's like it's funny because it's yeah. it's it's a, in a lot of ways the same team as the, the championship team last year, but... With minus Kawhi Leonard, a very different team. I so know, it's, it's, which makes he's... them like the defending champ and a lovable underdog at the same time. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, okay, so got to tune into that tonight for sure. John, are you watching tonight? Oh God, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a fifty-fifty. I gotta, uh-huh. I gotta see. It's, it's if, if it started at seven, like if the Clippers had just swept the Nuggets. This game would start at seven. Instead, it's gonna it's the nine o'clock game, which sounds crazy, but I'm like, oh my god, nine o'clock. Why would anybody listen to this podcast? And one of the pundits is like, <laughs> oh boy, nine o'clock start time. Don't think I can do it. 
Exactly. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. This is this is more like I know that uh, basketball is a game that's run by stars and they have genuine star power and a lot of clout and a lot of power. But this Toronto team just goes to show you how much of a team game basketball has to be in order for you to succeed. Yeah, and I think it's even getting in some ways more so uh, like coaches are improving and, and learning as, as they, as you know, analytics changes game theory and stuff. And you now have coach like Nick nurse, who's doing all these crazy zones. And I think that's going to make the players have to become smarter and more interesting. And I'm all for it. Yeah, definitely. I think it's so, it's so crazy to look at the last four coaches in the East, right? Like, you got you got Spolstra and Stevens and Nurse, who everyone's like, all right, these guys are all timers. And then you've got Bud, who wins a lot of regular season games, <laughs> but no one has faith in him in the in the playoffs. It's like Bud's good. Bud's got skills, and he is so far below those three guys. Like no one would put him in the same sentence. Yeah, I think let's let's move on to that series uh, because the winner of this will play the Heat, who. Beat the Bucks in five games. I mean, Bucks looked no good. Uh, Bud was not prepared. We know about Giannis missing game five. I think before this series, I mean, people had Bud right up there with everybody. And uh, he won a coach of the year, but no one thought... I mean, I know he... He had had coached Atlanta teams that were number one seed, but never really did much. But... I don't think anybody expected those Atlanta teams to beat LeBron's Cavs or LeBron's Heat. So this is, I think, new, this failure from Bud. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I also think that, like, coaching is the kind of thing that can put your team over the edge. But I really think it requires good personnel top to bottom from the, from, from your, the people who are actually on the court. So while Phil Jackson was a wonderful coach, it was Kobe and Scotty and Shaq and Michael who won those championships. Maybe not have, maybe they couldn't have won without such an effective coach as many times, but they would have won a few. And pow. <laughs> um, all right, pow. You're pow. Yeah, I, I, don't. <laughs> I think I think though that this team game you're talking about, Brian, I think it takes I think it takes a lot of buy-in. And yeah, sure. I think that is the challenge as an NBA coach. Like a college coach, you're in charge. You get to tell these guys what to do. You can take their freaking scholarships if they if they don't listen to you. Um, can't hit them anymore. Sorry, Bobby Knight. But you <laughs> you can do you can do this other stuff. But but in in the pros, it's like all about getting these guys to buy in. And Phil was an expert at getting like Michael to be coachable, Kobe to be coachable, and then these role players. And I think with Nick Nurse, you're asking these guys who are professional basketball players to do a box in one, and they're like, what? Are you, you kidding me? But if you're Nick Nurse and you, you're a mad scientist who has, you know, done all this great stuff, it's like, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll try it for you, coach. We love you and we believe in you. Um, so I think it makes a, I think it makes a difference. Uh, 
Yeah, and the uh, heart and soul of their team, Kyle Lowry, has said as much each and every interview. He's like, this this guy's the man. We we uh, subscribe to everything that's that he suggests. I mean, and and why wouldn't you? You've won a championship already with that kind of buy-in. What I saw from uh, from Milwaukee was two individuals not even really looking each other in the eye in Chris Middleton and Giannis. And I could tell by Giannis's body language, even at the, towards the end of the regular season in the bubble, I was like, Oh, he's shouldering too much of this himself, or he's, he's got the mindset that it's, he's got to do it all. When I don't actually think that's the case. I think they have a quality team And you don't have to be the guy that drives the lane each and every time and goes for a dunk. Yeah. There's a, you have a lot of really solid players on that team and winners too. DiVincenzo is, is, you know, he's not an all-star. He's an NCAA champ. NCAA champ. He sure is. And that's not, that's not nothing. Yeah. That's Kimball Walker, right? Like precisely. Yeah. No, I think DiVincenzo, I mean, he was he's a marginal, or when he was drafted, a marginal uh, NBA player drafted in the second round, and he's doing everything he can to stay and will I think will be in the NBA for a while. Yeah, and, and, and that's what uh, the real solid people who last and last um, do. Derek Fisher just got passed by LeBron James for the most playoff wins of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve Kerr, another guy, both those guys, NBA head coaches, but they're not, (laughs) you know, they're not amazing players. They're never all-stars, but they did what needed to be done. They bought into their coach. And I just don't see that from either Giannis or Middleton. I've removed Derek Fisher's coaching tenure from the memory banks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that'll happen. <laughs> I I think Listen, I most remember him a, for feuding with who is he feuding with actually it was uh um Barnes Matt Barnes, Matt Barnes. Barnes. yes <laughs> yeah feuding that's a nice word for it feuding was it uh, did it involve an affair yeah, someone's yeah, wife yeah, I don't maybe. know feuding so family feud up. that was his like that was his ex like he didn't break him up they you know that was Matt Barnes's ex the way I, I don't even want to talk about it <laughs> yeah but. Well, but I think I think this um, the the idea of going back to what we were saying about Giannis feeling like he has to do it all, right? Isn't that like that's Jordan all over again, right? It's like Phil's like, no, you've got to get these other guys pass passing the ball early. That way, when it's late and you pass them the ball, they've seen it, they know what it looks like, and they know how to shoot it. Yep. And and yeah, like I don't know. I just I, I'm putting a lot of this on Bud because I think adjustments needed to be made and they weren't. Right. Yeah, I do put a lot of this on Bud. I'm just saying that before before this series, I would have considered Bud one of the best coaches in the NBA, and maybe still. But this really proved he's not on the level of Nurse and Spo. Right. Do you think he loses his job? I don't think so, but it, it's a possibility. I don't think so, though. I'm, I might, uh, from just from everyone's body language in this last series, and considering it's Giannis's last season, something's got to change. Yeah. So let's, yeah, let's talk about that. What, what do you do if you're the Bucks? 
I think you try to find a coach that both Giannis and uh, Middleton can can buy into. Um, I, you know, there's a lot of folks out there, a lot of a lot of coaches that I think that they would look up to. Well, not not even look up to, but trust. It seems like they don't trust Bud. And maybe rightly so. Mm. Who, who, do you, think... who do you like? It, let's say let's say Bud is out. Okay. <laughs> who do you like for those two? And the rest of the squad. And um, you know, I, I think the best available coach on the market is Kenny Atkinson, but he basically ran the same scripts that Bud ran as far mm-hmm. as like, you know, spreading the floor, doing his version of D'Antoni ball. Speaking of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if D'Antoni is available, then. No, I mean, he is and he isn't. I mean, they're, they're out. They're going to lose the game and he's going to be out probably. Daryl might be out too, but. Yeah. I think I, he I goes think, if Daryl goes. I think the best coach out there for this team um and it sounds crazy based on his last tenure. I think it'd be Stan Van. Like if Ooh. he would be willing to do it. <laughs> I would take Stan Van. As long as you're not making him GM, just make him coach. And I don't even know if he'd go for that because being a broadcaster is way easier. But like the guy can the guy can flat out coach. Was it the his last coaching gig was in Orlando though, wasn't it? With, he was uh, in Detroit. Yeah, he, did that. he was GM in Detroit after Detroit. That. that was the thing. His last coaching gig was Orlando. Yeah. No, he was also the coach in Detroit, right? Okay, so he was, but he was coaching GM. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. which doesn't work for anybody. Ne- almost never, except for Bill yeah. Belichick. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, is uh, is um, is Pop like that? I think he no. was for a brief period, like kind of involved in front office stuff, but he's not. It's R.C. Buford who's still. Yeah, I mean, Pop has a lot of say, but Buford is actually doing the GM work, which is like doing all the scouting and keeping all the relationships, all the stuff you don't have time to do if you're trying to do X's and O's. I know that during the ownership change, uh, Doc was in L.A. Yeah, he did not do a good job. I I like Doc. I think he's great. I just I don't think anyone should be doing both of those jobs. Yeah, I mean, it is uh, it is a little bit like. I'm trying to liken it to the entertainment uh, business, but like actor being director, a, being uh, a director and an executive producer. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Because the interests are different and sort of opposed to one another. And rightly so you need to have that tension and that balance in order to thrive. Right. I can't think of anybody who's had a successful, like, not only box office successful, but just quality, like like good quality movie successful. Who who um, paid for the budget of a movie and directed it? Yeah, yeah, there might be some out there, but it's the exception and not the rule for sure. Yeah, especially the funding of the movie. I mean, sir, yeah. I'm sure a lot of directors have production credits, but are not right. like the main financial backer right so, so so are you guys in out on stan van then okay so no stan i van. like i like stan van i mean it, it's interesting because you know he his when he was coaching orlando bigs were still 
you know, a centerpiece, no pun intended, of basketball. And, <laughs> and he had Dwight Howard, and Dwight Howard was an MVP during his tenure there. And he shot a ton of threes. Yeah. <laughs> Did- no, not Dwight Howard, but they that team shot a oh, bunch right, of threes right, right, around right. Dwight Howard. Right? Yeah. That's how they made it to the finals. They shocked everybody. I think Stan Van is, I think he's a great coach. He was great in Miami. He was great in Orlando. Um, and then Detroit was sort of a bad setup. I, yeah. So I would, I would pick, I would pick him if he would do it. If I were Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. And yes, I would get rid of, uh, get rid of coach bud. How about Bill Russell? <laughs> or is he not is he not coached since the 80s he's not, he he hasn't coached since he player coached i think or maybe maybe he did a little bit after he, that. i think he was um kenny smith's coach when he first got in the league oh yeah and he said during practice he would read the newspaper and fall asleep <laughs> <laughs> but now that he's 30 years older maybe yeah. you know do you know that he um after he won his final championship, he never played basketball again, even like pickup, but like once. And really? it was, yeah. And it was against his son and he just schooled his son. And he was like, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I got it. I'm too good at this. <laughs> that's a, that's a way to go out right there. I mean, Michael Jordan still hangs around, you know what I mean? But like Bill Russell was like, yeah, you know what? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Right. Yeah. It's not like one of those players who's always at the game and trying to get into, I guess, uh, like commentary and all that stuff. Now, back to the Bucks. I I'm wondering what you guys think. I I'm of the opinion they should really go for Chris Paul in a trade. And mm. I, because I I think like, look, if if Giannis leaves and they have to rebuild, they're going to be speaking of. Screwed. When do they announce the MVP? Mm. Probably before the finals, like yeah. maybe during during the next round. Used to be in the second round. Do you think Giannis will get it? Yeah, because it's you know it's oh, yeah. it's decided before the playoffs start. I know. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. But I I think the Chris Paul thing. If you're not if you're going to keep Coach Bud, then then I'm I'm for Chris Paul, right? Like because you can need an, you need someone else who knows like what to do and is a grown up mature and been there. I would, I like that. Yeah. But even with a new coach, you, you wouldn't. Well, with a new coach, you don't necessarily need it. If you're going to keep, keep coach, Bud, you need to change something up in order to make it happen. If you get a new coach, I think, it, I think they have enough talent. I think, mm. I think a different coach, they could, they could win that talent. I agree. They need to gel as a team, and they're just not doing that. But Paul would be great if if they want to keep Coach Bud and run it back that way, and then bring in Chris Paul. I think that would be an interesting experiment too. That is like bringing in a new coach. I mean, he's yeah, he may be a better coach than half the coaches in mm-hmm. the NBA right now. Yeah, it's funny watching the Lakers game last night. Like when whenever LeBron is sitting, he's on the sideline like a coach. He's been that way since he was about 20. Yeah. But He's, I can't imagine him coaching because I feel like he would just have so much other stuff to do. He's got, he's got his, his life after basketball is going to be so much bigger than being an NBA coach. Yeah. That's, I mean, he'll own a team. Yeah, he already has a production company. 
He's basically Michael Jordan and Barack Obama, and he's still playing. Yeah. I mean, he's doing more for voting rights than maybe anybody ever has, as far as bringing, especially just bringing awareness to it. Uh, it's, it's, it's truly yeah, it's fantastic. Oh, speaking of guys on, uh, on Monday, I'm going to do a, um, like a wake up dance party at 11 o'clock on Facebook watch. Would you guys uh, like to join? I can uh, put you in. It's for, um, it is to, uh, to raise awareness for voter registration. Ah. Uh, I have, I have class. My Mondays are like my all day class day. Oh, uh, we don't need to, we don't need to schedule on the pod. Okay, well, we'll talk. I just want, I just wanted a virtue signal to let everybody know I'm doing my part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Guys, you know, I am registered to vote. I applied for my absentee hey! ballot. I've donated to some voting rights campaigns. Let me, let me read through the donations I've made. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, 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 hmm. Do I think they have enough talent? It's interesting because they, they were the number one seed. They they had the best record in the NBA. So it's like, how do they not have enough talent? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Chris Paul is probably getting moved because OKC fired Billy Donovan. Did he? Did they? Or no, did he... you're right. They didn't fire. I think they parted ways. But yeah. part of that is uh, Billy doesn't want to be there for the rebuild, which right. looks like it's coming. I don't blame them. They kind of... Uh... The front office kind of, they whiffed and whiffed and whiffed. You mean this they had, time around or like over the course of? Over the course of his tenure, they had some really tremendous teams with three MVPs on it at one point. Three MVPs and a future NBA champion. Four All-Stars. I mean, it's just, they should have won at least one championship. Yeah. I guess Billy wasn't there. Billy wasn't there for the Harden year, years, no. but still. Oh, he wasn't. No, that was Scott Brooks. Oh, Scotty Brooks. Oh, Scotty. Brooks. Yeah, Scotty. Yeah. Is he available? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> I think maybe him in Washington is just a match made in heaven. Yeah. I don't think. I think he's still there. I think he's still, think he's still there. there. Yeah. yeah. All right. So. I mean, Chris Paul, it's so I do think Chris Paul's going to be moved, even though like OKC oh, yeah. can still compete, but they're going to try to save money. Uh, they they could still they won't even have to like unload him like a salary dump where they have to attach assets. I think people will be willing to trade as future assets for him. Not well, a ton. Salaries don't have to match up, though. That's the I was looking at it. So Milwaukee could do it. They would trade, uh, they would have to like guarantee some non guaranteed contracts for next year and then put them all together. Um, and so, so it's like George Hill, uh, there's like guys like Sterling Brown. Um, George Hill was good, yeah. So, yeah, he, he was good. Um, is Sterling Brown an actor? Sterling K. Brown, right? There is a Sterling Brown. What is Sterling K. Brown? From This Is Us. From This Is Us, yeah. No, I think a different Sterling Brown. I'm not sure. You know, uh, one of the, maybe the top pick in the NBA draft this year is named Anthony Edwards, and it's not the guy from Top Gun. Not Goose. Not Goose. Shame. So lots of questions in Milwaukee. Uh, Let's talk about the Heat for a second. Uh, They're awesome. Yes. Spo is awesome. 
Bam is awesome. The Eastern Conference Finals, no matter who it is, it's going to be so fun to watch. Yeah. And ah, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. They could, they could, Eastern Conference could win the, the championship. It's possible. I agree. I, I think like both LA teams look good, but they're, they're not unbeatable. Nope. I don't think any team is unbeatable this year. Agreed. Yeah. So let's go to the West. Uh, Clippers are taking care of business. Kawhi looks like he's in top form for sure. Playoff P here and there. Mm-hmm. He's doing um, enough. He's getting doing scored enough. over left and right. <laughs> Uh, so, but they're, but they're doing it. I, I still, I think they're beatable. Um, especially if, if playoff P is, doesn't play like his MVP, former MVP nominee self. Uh, do you think, do you think this, do you think Denver gets any more games or you think that's done tonight? I think it's done tonight. I think so too. Even though Denver has played better than I expected. They've acquitted themselves well in this series, I think. Yeah. But. Well, Jamal Murray's no joke. I am really rooting for Denver to win another game. I think that uh, I think that I really have fallen in love with Jamal Murray. <laughs> well, it's I just I love I love his game. I love his fire. I love how hard he plays. He is, uh, and for me, he came out of nowhere. I don't even. He just like appeared out of thin air i don't know where he's from canada i don't know his story at all yeah he he was taken in the draft i think the one that jalen brown was taken in where there was no one it wasn't considered a good draft but between him and jalen brown yeah and i'm forgetting who else was taken that year but it's turned out to be okay and uh yeah jamal murray doing great things uh, did you see John? I'm looking this up right now. John Hollinger had a tweet about uh, Michael Porter Jr. and his comment. Uh, so his comment, by the way, it was that uh, he needs to get more involved. Kind of like talking a little bit out of school for a rookie. Uh, John, Hall- Well, John Hollinger said, how do I put this gently? Medical was by far the main reason he fell in the draft. It might not have been the only reason. <laughs> so apparently, yeah, maybe his attitude was a thing even before this. Yeah, I mean, well, and, and again, this is the AAU world, right? Like you you get enabled from a young age and he was the best player. Like he was the best player in that um, draft class, like going in that year they had to go in as one and done. Like he was considered the the top prospect went to Missouri, got his dad a coaching job at Missouri yeah. as part of the package. His brother was there <laughs> too. And then like, then he barely played because he was hurt. And yeah, I don't know. The, the kid, the, he needs, he needs to, he needs to mature a little bit. Like he has some incredible talent and I I'm, I'm a fan of his talent, but man, I would go crazy if I was his coach, I would lose my mind because he gets worked on defense and he says stuff like that. Oh my god! Yeah, especially after getting worked on defense to say stuff like that. And I think like Mike Malone gets criticized for not having played him much in the regular season, but I don't know. I think he was played the appropriate amount of time. He he's been injured and injury prone, and 
that's a big part of it. So do a little more maybe before you start throwing everybody under the bus at your press conference. <laughs> and on top of all that, he's he had that anti-vax or whatever. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't do don't do most of those things you just said. Right. Don't do those things. Don't. This get- is like this is like a good like like rules of thumb for life. Don't throw your teammates under the bus. Yeah. Don't be anti-vax even if you are just don't talk about it yeah don't be counterproductive to what we're trying to get done here like yeah don't be counterproductive and play defense and play defense and and you know what and if you do screw up okay like i hope he comes back from this because i don't want to dismiss him forever because i do love watching him play on the offensive end i think he's amazing and i hope he matures and gets over some of this stuff because lots of guys do lots of guys just you know it's not their fault that the system made them this way and they can get better. I hope he does. Yeah. Get better, Michael Porter Jr. I keep wanting to, because I saw this, someone tweet, tweet this, Maga Porter Jr. And I keep wanting to say that. Uh, okay, the other LA series, LA versus Houston. Um, this, for me, had a little bit of a Rocky Four vibe in that... I came into the series rooting for Houston because I'm a D'Antoni fan. Uh, they looked like, and they won game one, so it's looking good. They, they competed in all the other games. Uh, by the end of last night, I was like, all right, I'm rooting for LeBron. I'm just like, <laughs> I, I want him to win the West, especially in part because of like all the voting rights stuff he's doing. And it's just like, I want to see him as the, the champion. Yeah, LeBron. Yeah. LeBron looks great. Lakers found their groove. Caruso, Caruso hit a great shot last night. Rondo's back. Rondo. Oh man, Rondo is balling, man. He really is. Now he's the opposite of Bud. He is a playoff performer, who like seems like he's almost done in the regular season, where like he seems like he should be retired, and then he comes in and he's 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 like running the offense when LeBron's not on the court and co ball handling when he is. Totally. Mm-hmm. And he's making three-point shots. He did, Weird. yeah. Yeah, he might not keep doing that. He did do that a little bit. I don't know <laughs> he should retire that. right now. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah. It's, he's been great. And LeBron is amazing. And the way, like, James Harden, like, totally controls the game on the offensive end, you know, like, with the way their offenses run. And LeBron controls it on both ends. And he just does a better job. Like, it's it's just incredible. He just yeah. imposes his will. I love it. He does. The end of last game, um, I think it was the night before last. Well, it doesn't matter. The way he was getting up into Harden on those double teams, I was like, oh, there's, I mean, there's nobody on the planet that can deal with that. I mean, this is a guy who's 6'8", 240 pounds, very, I mean, just, that block that he had on Harden, I was like, I haven't seen anybody block Harden in, I don't know, 13 years. I mean, the, the Harden is never, Harden is never guarded like that. And LeBron is the guy to do it. He's got great body control, which you need to have when you're guarding Harden, because he will just run into you and then fall down. <laughs> yeah. And make it look great. And yeah. then score. 
Right. I, I honestly don't know how Harden does it. I, I get so frustrated watching him because I'm like, I could block that. I could block that. I know I can't. I know that I can't. But just the way that he plays, I'm like, don't you guys have any self-respect for yourselves? Like, get up in him. Yeah, but then you do, and then you get in foul trouble. Yeah. I know. it. That's why it's so hard. But the way he dribbles between his legs, I'm like, just dive on the ball. Dive on the ball. Get it. Go get it. Then he'll just, like, trip over you, put up a three-pointer, make it. and (laughs) I know. It's crazy. He's so strong. Like he's, he is, yeah, and such good, such a good handle, such a good shot. And he's such a competitor now. It's it's really been awesome to watch him come into his own. His defense has been really good. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, overall, Houston, their team defense, the way they kind of rotate has really been great. And uh, they played, I mean, it looks like they're going to lose 4-1. Maybe four two, maybe they'll pull off a game, but but they've really played well and looked like they could win it at one point. Till uh, I guess I guess they were all the glue was Daniel House, who is not boy. What do you, no. did they have they found out yet what he did? Well, no. I, the rumor I saw was that that there was some food delivery person or some some person some woman that went back to his room with him like that was not supposed to. And she was delivering food. I th- I don't know. I don't remember exactly, but it was it was definitely related to a female going mm-hmm. to his room. Oh. But but he's he's saying it didn't happen, and so there could be it could be a situation where someone ratted on him, like you know they called the the tip line and <laughs> someone they, someone on the Lakers, <laughs> and then they and then it's like all this confusion. But what's crazy is yeah, I mean he's he's in limbo right now, right? Like because he he can't play. Yeah. And I think they're still deciding if it's a four-day quarantine versus a 10-day quarantine, but either way, he can't play uh, tomorrow night. Do you yeah. need to... I don't even think you would... In a bubble, I don't even think you would need to rat anybody out. They probably have cameras everywhere, right? Yeah, but cameras, it's its hard. You would you kind of need the tip to get someone to look at the video. Because if you think about cameras everywhere and then just what it takes to go through all that footage, you need someone to say, hey, I saw this. And then you check the footage and verify it. Right. Yeah. I mean, supposedly, like the tip line was being used, especially during the seating games. And, you know, that's probably part of the reason that zero coronavirus cases. Yeah. God, but House, what the? Yeah, I know. I mean, he's not a, he wasn't starting he uh, at least in the last few games, but still he's an important part of their rotation. He's had some good games, yeah. yeah. And Westbrook, man, I, I'm starting to think there's no hope for Westbrook. I thought uh-huh. there was after this year because he played so well and so like in his lane, so to speak, which is the lane. Mm-hmm. And then he then he's chucking threes and taking long twos and early in the shot clock and doing all this stuff. Like, damn it. There was this one play where he, he had the ball. It was maybe game two or game three of this series. And LeBron was on him and LeBron is just facing him up, getting ready to D him up. And like, you could just tell in Westbrook's body language that he wanted none of that. And he just starts driving and just does this pull up for a long two that misses 
And it was just like, man, Westbrook used to be like the most confident guy and maybe still is very confident in a lot of ways, but, and wouldn't be afraid to drive on anybody. But right in that time, he was afraid and probably rightfully so because LeBron's fucking awesome. Listen, he's, um, he's a player who's relied a lot on his athleticism and not, I mean, he's a very skilled player. Don't get me wrong. But as as one ages, you have to adjust your game. I mean, James Harden doesn't, but he's always played like he's 45. Yeah. Um, he's going to have to adjust his game, and he's going to have to – it's kind of tough because he – early on in his career, he should have been the number one option, but he was playing with Kevin Durant. And then when Kevin Durant left, he became the number one option and became an MVP. Mm -hmm. And then he, he just has the worst luck, but he's, he does have that body language that I was noticing in Giannis and Chris Middleton, where he relies so much on emotion and his passion and it doesn't seem like it's there. And that, that might be because he was injured earlier. It also might be because he contracted COVID-19. Yeah. And I, we still don't know what the long-term ramifications of that are, but he sure hasn't seemed like the same player. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to speculate here because uh, I don't think it's very responsible because we don't, we just don't know. But um, I hope that's not the case. I hope that he's able to come back, adjust his game a little bit and um, like still be a, you know, an explosive player, but not one that relies solely on his explosivity. Like Giannis does right now. But if he's, but- to be that guy, he has to be able to make shots. Yeah. You either have to be explosive or make jumpers. And he can't make jumpers. He should work on that. <laughs> I hope. Mm. I mean, what else do you have? You you he's he's pushing 30. No, he's over 30. That's too old to be. I mean, it's a shame. Yeah. But this summer, which is going to be from, it's just going to be the month of October. Right. Just get up 10,000 shots a day. Yeah. I, I mean, supposedly he has the work ethic to put in that time. He but, sure does. But uh, yeah, the shot's never been there for him and he needs it. Yeah. And if he gets more comfortable with it, he can develop that same type of confidence, like that Reggie Miller type confidence that he has about his driving to his three-point shot. And if he develops that, he's going to remain one of the best players in the NBA for the next three to five years. Yeah. And like you were saying, I certainly hope so, because he's one of the most exciting players to watch. For sure. So who do you have? It's crazy that LeBron hasn't – it doesn't seem like he's even lost his explosiveness. No, and certainly hasn't lost his strength, which is, and is just vision for, he's just, 
he's he's the complete player. It's weird. It's weird. It's totally weird. And it's gonna remain weird. That dude shows no signs of yeah fatigue or breaking down, even though he has the he most has some gray hair in his beard. But other than that, he's not showing his age. Which is a total encouragement for me as someone <laughs> who is incredibly prematurely gray. Uh I, I'm yeah. starting to get those gray beard too. I'm starting to get those gray hairs. Mm. Uh, that's fine. I'll just dye it red. <laughs> Team colors. Um, all right. So who do you have in LA versus LA? Assuming that's what we get, which seems like a safe assumption. I'm going to take, I'm going to take the Lakers. I, I think the Clippers are awesome and probably have the highest ceiling of any team, but um, I just, and this is what we what I said when the playoffs first started, I was like, I'm going to go with the Lakers because LeBron has the ability to bend space and time to his will in a way that I have not seen since Michael Jordan. And I can't go against him. Not yet. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with the team that has Jesus on it. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, man. Um, the Bethlehem, Lakers and, the Bethlehem bulls. Yeah. <laughs> Lakers, Lakers and seven, I think. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna go Lakers in seven too. Um, I, 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 I picked the Clippers before because they were the deeper team. I think they still are the deeper team, but I think in a close game where it's a bit of a toss-up and push comes to shove, LeBron will pull it out. And he has this ability to like just kind of take it easy for most of the game and then turn it on when he needs to. And he has the ability to like do what needs to be done to Anthony Davis to get him where, you know, between game one and two of that Houston series, he was in Davis's ear and he was like, man, you got worked. You got worked by a guy who's shorter than you and weaker than you and less skilled than you. And Davis was like, not again, you know, and he came out like a beast in game two. And you can't, you can't count on the coach to say that. Like Frank Vogel, what's Frank Vogel going to say? Right. <laughs> like, but LeBron says that stuff and you listen and you respond and that, God, it's going to be, it's going to be good. It's going to be a great series. He's, he's not only the definition of peak athleticism, he's the definition of uh, aware leadership. Yeah. It's something that there's something that I think is sorely lacking these days in all different sectors of our society. He gives me hope for the future. The way that he's able to uh, motivate people and also demotivate people. He just knows people. Um, I'm so excited to see what he does with the rest of his life. I am a LeBron fan for life. And I hope, I hope to meet him someday, and even more so, I hope to work with him someday. I think that he is just exactly the kind of person that I would want to have in my life. He he breathes excellence wherever he walks. He's got a Midas touch. Yeah, I think, yeah, he's got the amazing skill, intelligence, and work ethic. He's just, he'll, he'll be able to accomplish whatever he wants. I hope he wants great. What's amazing about it is he's such a humanitarian. Yeah. I'm I'm totally on my knees for LeBron right now, but uh, let me just, (laughs) let me just finish this real quick. Yeah. Those of you uh, who can't see this feed, Micah is on his knees right now. Oh (laughs) man. This guy, this guy, 
he's such a humanitarian that it's so encouraging that he can do whatever he sets his mind to and whatever he sets his mind to is he wants to benefit as many people as possible is not just about him, which I think sets him apart from Michael Jordan. Um, he wants, he is sending like the entire city of Akron to, to, to college. You know what I mean? Like this is a guy who appreciates where he comes from, never forgets where he could. I've seen a documentary about this guy who played in high school with LeBron. And of course he's not as good as LeBron James, but he ended up playing basketball overseas. And after a while, he got kind of weary of it, kind of tired. And he was like, you know, I don't know if this is really for me anymore. And he called LeBron James and LeBron James was like, Hey man, that's not you. You have a few more years left in you get in the gym. And the next shot was him working out in the gym and who's in the background, but LeBron James working out, working himself out in the gym. He's just like, well, I guess we'll work out together. Like this is the kind of guy that, I mean, he just like, to me, the way that he focuses on other people, not only on the court, because it's clear he does that on the court. He sees everything, but off the court, He's got such an incredibly generous. He brings God with him wherever he goes. I'm so sorry. This, <laughs> I am like I. I really do think LeBron James is Jesus Christ, Christ-like. Seriously, Christ-like. <laughs> yeah. And that's a weird thing to say about another human being who's alive right now. And mm-hmm. I know that a lot of sportscasters get a lot of crap for you know being all up in LeBron James's gym shorts, but like. It's a sweet ride, man. It smells great in here. I bet it does smell great. <laughs> I bet it doesn't. <laughs> okay, so maybe he's not Christ-like in every respect. Christ uh, was known for his very pleasant smelling jock. Oh, yeah, yeah. He smelled like wine all the time. Oh, yeah. Sweet wine. <laughs> sweet, sweet berry <laughs> Some wine. Some rosé. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, totally agree with what you said. And he just... he. I mean, he's got amazing celebrity. He's one of the most famous people in the world, and yeah. he's just willing to live up to it and understands what that makes him capable of and I think feels a responsibility to give back and use it for good, and it's just great to watch. Yeah. Uh, any early predictions of who's coming out in the East? You said it before. Raptors. I think the Raptors will be the uh, Eastern Conference champions. John? I'm I'm going to go with, I'm going to play the hot hand here. I'm going to go with Miami. No pun think, intended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think they've got, they've got enough answers to different things that um, Boston or Toronto can throw at them that, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to take them in a long series to to come out, but it's going to be awesome. I'm going to try and watch like multiple of those games. Yeah, it's going to be great conference wow. finals. 
<laughs> You're going to watch. Yeah, you hear it here, folks. John <laughs> is going to watch some John games. Blue watching upwards of two games of a series. Yes. Getting exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Think about what analysis he's going to give during those weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I will say this. I, it's clear that John is reading more about basketball than I am right now because I don't. I watch the highlights. I watch the highlights of all the games and I, and I read a ton of stuff. I have and- YouTube TV. And it allows you to, like, if you miss part of the game, you can just watch key plays up until the point that you missed. It does it for you. Oh, I haven't, I'm not on YouTube TV. That sounds awesome. Oh, it's incredible. Like subscription service that, that you have, like the, or you're just talking about straight up YouTube. Oh, YouTube TV. It's, uh, it's like cable. It's like sling. Right, right. So the, you have like, it's like the 30 or 40 a month or whatever it is. Exactly. Yep. Okay. Yep. Go to YouTube TV slash Larry for a promo code. <laughs> 10% off your first month. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You hear that, listener? You hear that? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm taking the heat as well, uh, mostly because I just like rooting for them. Without a doubt. I, I like, I, I, I'm really into, I'm really into all the teams that are left in the, NBA playoffs right now. It's been uh, really awesome. Like the bubble has been, has, has lived up to and gone well beyond what I thought was possible. Absolutely. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. Great job by everyone involved. Yeah. Great job, Adam Silver. Great job. um, Oh, who's the uh, president of the NBPA? Uh, Michelle Roberts. Michelle Roberts and uh, great job, Chris Paul all around. And great job, everybody. I mean, they're just doing stellar, futuristic work right now. I'm, I'm. It's just a pleasure to be able to talk with you guys about this every week. I'm just so amazed. Like watching the NBA gives me so much hope about the present and the future. Yeah. yeah. When yeah, it's like when smart, well-intended people get together and try to actually solve something. It's yep. it's possible. It's totally possible. And you can have fun doing it. Hey. Yeah. (laughs) It is exciting when everyone thrives. What? What? That's not what I learned. (laughs) Except for Milwaukee. Economics class. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Milwaukee's not having fun. The Bucks we're talking about. All right. uh, Any plugs? I know you mentioned you had a wake up dance party. Yeah. um, uh, My friend Sarah Nowak will be, uh, she's putting together a. you know, a dance party to to get the, the the word out about registering to vote. I I really would like to encourage everyone to register to vote um, you, and vote early. Um, you're now. Are you registered in Florida? I am not. I have not decided. I need to decide soon whether I will be voting here in Florida or uh, casting an absentee ballot in. Um, in New York, but wherever I vote, I will be voting top to bottom. Make sure you vote for your local office. Do half an hour of research ahead of time. Figure out who is running for your district, who's running for mayor, and vote for the people that have your best interest in mind, that are, that are running on a platform that is going to benefit you the most. That's the thing to do. Don't just accept cable news for whatever it is. And don't, don't be discouraged by whatever, you know, 
disinformation or, 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 you know, whatever dispersions or doubt that's cast upon our system of voting. It's all we have. So do it, do it, do it. Encourage your friends and family to do it. Yeah. You hear that listener? You hear that listener? <laughs> I'm going to check on you. <laughs> uh, thank you for that. John, any plugs, any final notes? No, nah, nothing to plug, but yeah, echo this, like the voting thing. And if you're in a non-swing state, you can still get involved. Um, my wife and I are writing letters oh, nice. to, you know, um, lapsed Democrats, the people who haven't voted in a while, but um, but might agree with like some of the things that we're interested in. And we're just writing letters, encouraging them to vote. However they feel, just get out there. People who haven't voted in a little while and get back into it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And remember, the change that you will actually see is going to come at the local level. So make sure you're voting for your local representatives and you can actually be in touch with them. You can Mm -hmm. personally make a difference in your local jurisdiction by being in touch with your local alderman, um, you know, emailing or calling your council person, um, your mayor. Even if you live in a large city, you can make you can make a difference and they will respond because that's their job. Yeah. yeah. AOC has her office right down the street from us. She's our right rep. On. Nice. That's so awesome. I'm, I'm hoping she, you know, makes it big. <laughs> <laughs> but she I hope she you know, I hope the, the sky's the limit for her as far as yeah. I'm concerned. So I think that would be that'd be great if she does even more. She is definitely the coolest person in Congress right now. I don't know. Gerald Nadler, my congressman. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty cool. Let's hear it for Carolyn Maloney. (laughs) Carolyn Maloney of the Upper East Side. Do I have a Carolyn Maloney? No. All right, we'll go to the... (laughs) Actually, uh, she is still in in a dead heat, I believe, with uh, Nuraj Patel. Is this for her primary? This is for her primary. It was so close that they are still counting the votes. Jeez. So I voted in that primary. And so that just goes to show you that your vote can actually make a difference. Absolutely. So make sure you register. Make sure you vote. Uh, Do that first and foremost. And if you have any extra time, please subscribe to Larry Knows Sports wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow me on any social media at Larry the Athlete. And make sure to have some hoop dreams. Make sure that your days are days of thunder. Thank you and good night.